God, we give you praise, honor, and glory, Heavenly Father, Lord God, on this beautiful morning, Lord God. For we know that this is the day that you made, and we will rejoice and be glad and be glad in it, Heavenly Father. And we are grateful this morning and thankful, Lord God, for all that you do for us, Heavenly Father. We are grateful and thankful this morning, Lord God, to see this day, Heavenly Father, that you made. And we will rejoice in you always, Lord God, for you are our joy, you are our peace, and you are our strength. You are our everlasting Father, and you are God all alone, because there is no other God besides you for our sins on Calvary. For he brought us from a mighty long ways, Lord Jesus. And we thank you for the good work that you have begun in us. And we pray that you continue to have your way this morning, Heavenly Father. Continue to have your way in our lives. And we pray that you continue to remove the obstacles out of our way. That the enemy has planted in our path to hinder us. And we will continue to move forward, Lord God. For you strengthen us each and every day. And you guide our steps and direct our path. And we bless your holy name this morning. For you are more than worthy to be praised. And we thank you, Lord God, for our health and our strength this morning, Heavenly Father. And we thank you, Lord God, for the sun shining, Lord God, today. And we know, Lord God, that you speak and you speak to us, Lord God. And we pray that the Holy Spirit will also have his way this morning, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for the blessed worship service this morning, Heavenly Father. And we thank you for all that's gathered here this morning, Lord God. All that's gathered here this morning, Lord God. See your glory, Heavenly Father, all that's gathered here this morning to worship you and praise your holy name, Lord God, to hear the word being taught this morning, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we pray, Lord God, that others, Lord God, will also join us also this morning, Heavenly Father. And we pray that everyone that needs to be here this morning will be here. All those that you have spoken to, their hearts you have spoken to, that they will be obedient, Lord God, and join the service this morning, Heavenly Father. For we know that obedience is better than sacrifice, Lord God. And we know it needs to be in your presence this morning, Heavenly Father. And we give you glory and honor and praise, Heavenly Father, for all that you do, Lord God. And we ask you, Lord God, continue to bless our pastor, Lord God. Continue to use her, Lord God, for your glory. We thank you, Lord God, for her teachings, Lord God. And we thank you for the word this morning, Lord God, that she's going to teach us this morning, Heavenly Father. And we thank you for your anointing upon her, Lord God. We thank you for giving her wisdom and understanding, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, that when she speaks, Lord God, that you'll be your words, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for all that you do and all that she does, Heavenly Father. And we ask you, Lord God, to bless each and every one, Lord God, that's gathered here this morning. And Lord God, that you bless every family that's represented here this morning. And you know the needs of your people, Heavenly Father. And you know our prayers, and you hear our prayers, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we just pray that you bless each and every one this morning, Lord God, and touch each and every one this morning. We pray that the Holy Spirit, Lord God, will move freely this morning among us, Lord God. And Lord God, that we will do what you say to, Lord God. And let your will be done, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we pray that your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we praise you and we glorify you this morning, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, that today is the day of salvation. We thank you, Lord God, that someone will come home, Lord God, that needs to be saved this morning. And Lord God, that their lives will be forever changed, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And they will see you high and lifted up, Lord God. And they will praise you and glorify you, Heavenly Father. 
and Lord God, and turn their wills and their lives over to the Lord Jesus Christ, and they be saved and filled with the Holy Spirit this morning. And we thank you for the word that's going to go forth in the power and demonstration by the Holy Spirit. And we know that your word is living and powerful, Lord God, and stronger than any two-edged sword, Lord God. And we pray that your word, Lord God, will fall on fertile ground this morning, Lord God, and produce in us a crop, Lord God, 100-fold, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we won't leave the same way we came, Heavenly Father. And we praise you and we glorify you this morning, Heavenly Father. And we find up in an attack of the enemy, Lord God, against us this morning, Lord God. We plead the blood of Jesus against the enemy this morning, Lord God, and that he will cease his attacks against our lives, against our families, Lord God, our job, our finances, or our health, or however he thinks he's going to come up against him, Lord God. We know that we are more than comfortable through him who loves us. And we know, Lord God, that you're the one who, Lord God, is our shield and our glory and the one who will lift our heads up high, Lord God. And our head will be lifted high above all our enemies, Lord God, that surrounds us, Lord God. And we have the victory in the name of Jesus Christ. And the enemy is defeated, Lord God. And there won't be no distraction, Lord God. There won't be no interference or anything else going on in this service, Heavenly Father. But we all come, Lord God, with a mind that stayed on you. We come to worship you and praise your holy name. And we thank you for your love that surpasses all knowledge. We thank you for your loving kindness and your grace and your mercy. And we give you all honor and glory and praise in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we all say amen. Amen. And amen.
Amen. Yes, Lord. somebody say was they supposed to be hearing it if you can't hear it uh sabrina guterres can't hear it so go to uh monisa's screen just tap on monisa and you'll hear it sabrina or go uh, to because i hear you talking now but i've seen everybody's heads doing this and i'm thinking <laughs> oh no, <laughs> no. Just, just go to some just go to monisa just go to monisa's okay. screen and you will hear the music Go to Sabrina, go to uh, Monisa's screen. Just go to Monisa and you'll see her music up on the screen. So if you're not... I, I, I see Pastor's picture on her screen. Oh, Monisa? Monisa Carson is a picture of Pastor. Yeah, one second. Let me try something else. <laughs> now I can see you. Yeah. I don't know. I was trying to mess with the with the with the microphone, but I guess I wasn't supposed. Hey, there you go. Now, now I see you. Okay. Yeah, I turned my video off, so when I turn it off, hold on. I'm gonna try sharing again because maybe it didn't work. Okay. Now I see your computer screen. There you go. Now okay. you'll get to music. Give me one second. I'm gonna press play. Let me know if you all hear it. All right.
God and sing it with me. God's got a blessing. God's got a blessing. If you really believe it. God's got a blessing. Amen. God's got a blessing. God's got a blessing. Amen. God's got a blessing. God's got a blessing. With your name on it. With your name on it. Amen. Amen, Sister Monisa. I, I needed that one, Sister. That was <laughs> I needed that one. All right, Pastor, you you tell me what you want. You want to step in? Yeah, I'm All right. Okay. Praise the Lord. I still see myself. Yeah, sorry, that's me. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, Praise God. Oh, Lord, here comes the food, man. Uh, uh, go ahead, Pastor. I want to talk about them two songs for a minute. <laughs> so, I, I just, those two songs, you picked the right song, Monisa, because, see, if we remember that the battle does not belong to us and it belongs to the Lord, then God got a blessing for you with your name on it. Amen. 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 Because God got a blessing for us, y'all. But we got to keep okay. ourselves focused. We got to keep ourselves focused on the Lord. And we got to remember in order to get that blessing, we can't be focused on this stuff going on out here. 
We got to be focused on the Lord because he got a blessing for us with our name on it. He got a different blessing for you, Sabrina Hale, for you, Deacon Don. He got lots of blessings for you, Monisa. Praise the Lord. He got some for you, Miss Tracy. I see you on there quietly, Miss Tracy. Denise, he's been blessing you. He just pulled you through that surgery. We was praying for you, Denise. Sabrina Gutierrez, you still got a plan. You can run, but you can't hide, sister. So, Lord, got a blessing with your name on it. See, I've been feeling a little depressed, but I feel good after that song. So, Monisa, you picked a good song, sister. You just up that song just uplifted my spirit. So I'm giving I'm going to practice what I preach. I'm going to turn my battles over to the Lord. Let him fight them. I'm tired of fighting y'all. If you're tired of fighting, turn them over to the Lord. Go ahead, Pastor. I'm sorry. Let's get this message. Lord, thank you 
that these things will pass and and we will still be standing. We'll still be standing. We'll still be serving the Lord. We'll still be rejoicing. And we will not let these things interfere with our relationship with God. So that's going to be my sermon this morning. How to uh, keep from losing contact with God. Because sometimes we get so discouraged until we just back away. And we don't stay in communion with God. And uh, we have to do that. Because once we step away, the devil will eat our lunch. Mm. So we're going to talk about losing contact with God this morning. And if there's anybody on that I didn't say good morning to, I want to do that. And I want you all to know how blessed I am by your attendance and uh, how God has provided this resource for us to be able to be together on Sunday mornings. And uh, uh, we have prayer at 7 p.m. every night, but uh, Sunday night. And uh, we have Bible study on Wednesday. And then Bible study on Wednesday, studying the book of Daniel. And the book of Daniel is an apocalyptic book. It's past, present, and future. And what we used to call future right now is present. <laughs> because when we look at the book of Daniel, we see that God showed that, that prophet many, many eons ago that this day would come. And it has come, but we're still not finished because Jesus is not ready to come yet. And uh, so if you're really interested in helping helping us, uh, biblical understanding of why these things are happening in the world, then the book of Daniel is one of the books that helps that. And it was so heavy duty on uh, Wednesday night. I don't know about Deacon Don and the Reverend, but when I got off the, the line with them, I had to spend some time in prayer because the heaviness came from this dream that Daniel had and how when he got through with that dream, he fell sick, physically sick, because the power of God and him showing him things to come, because he made it clear to him that these are things to come, You won't be on earth when they come. You'll be in heaven. But that's my paraphrase. But they're going to come, and I want you to be privy to what's going to come. And so as we studied that, and I was using Barnes notes, and that's a, a, a commentary that is really, really, uh, very uh, theologically written. So some of it, you know, you have to go over again to try to really absorb all that this commentator is writing. But I'm not going to preach on Daniel. I'm going to preach on how we lose contact with God. But I wanted to share that with you because it's really very interesting. And it's very, uh, very accurate for today. And so I invite you all to join us for Bible study on Wednesday, if you can, at same time as prayer, 7 p.m. And uh, so this morning, I want you to... Uh, uh, go along with me. We're going to talk about losing contact with God. 
And uh, it's very easy for that to happen to us. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you this morning. We're so grateful, Lord. We're grateful for those that are present with us. We're grateful for being able to upgrade our music this morning. We're grateful, Father God, for the technical abilities that uh, we have uh, uh, in, in our Dr. Carson and, and in the rest of the members of the family who are uh, computer literate. And we just thank you for that. We thank you for computers. We thank you for iPhones. We thank you for cell phones. We thank you for Zoom. We are just grateful, Lord, because all of these things have come into play to help us be together when we can't be together and to be able to receive the word of God, to be able to touch and agree in prayer. And Lord, we're just so grateful to you this morning. And we know that the battle is not ours, but it's yours, God. And we just need to trust you and stay in touch with you and allow you to use us as you see fit. And so I ask that the ears or the hearers be anointed and that their hearts be open to receive your word this morning. And Father God, that the Holy Spirit would be the teacher. And as I open my mouth, the Holy Spirit would fill my mouth with the words that I need to say to help others understand the how to stay in contact with you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So, so uh, when we look at this, uh, we look at this uh, lesson today, I look at uh, some scripture, and I'm going to just read the scripture this morning. Yeah, let's, uh, I just, the Holy Spirit leads me different. So losing contact with God is what we're talking about. And it's real easy to do without really realizing that we're doing it. It's really a trick of the enemy to get us practice so that he can keep us from being in touch with God and keep us from being able to be obedient to God. And uh, so he can get us to stray away. The whole motive is, is to get us to stray away from God and, and go back to that vomit. That's what we call our old life. Go back to that vomit and be the way we used to behave. And if you've been saved all your life, that's a wonderful thing. Uh, but we're all born in sin, so we had to get saved at some point to be able to say we were saved. But uh, the enemy will take you as that far back as he can take you to get you to follow him. So some of us have different experiences with that, but we all know that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of our lives today. And if we don't, we'll have an opportunity to do that this morning. So when we talk about uh, losing contact with God, first of all, pride. Pride is a terrible thing, and uh, we're taught pride from the cradle, and, uh, you know, really before the cradle, in our mother's womb, because things uh, Adam and Eve did, we inherit, because there are four parents, and so, uh, you know, the, the pride of life was a part of what Adam and Eve did. Uh, in the garden, and uh, it's the cover up. It's a cover up. It's fig leaf. 
it's a cover-up thing. Let's smooth it over because I don't want to look bad. So the word of God in Proverbs 16 says, Pride goes before destruction. Kind of losing you. Me too. And I hear somebody's paper wrapping. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. That's what we want to uh, we want to have you read in another translation, if possible. Uh, you say Proverbs six eighteen. Uh, yes, yeah. 1618. 1618. Oh, 1618. Uh -huh. Okay, so mine say pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. Okay, so yours is the same as mine. Anybody have a translation that reads a little different? I really want us to understand what saint was being said, and maybe you already understand it, because we all know about destruction <laughs> and uh, a haughty spirit, a proud spirit. Uh, I'm all of that spirit goes before a fall. That's my translation. <laughs> something wrong. 
So we try to cover up, and it's called pride. So we look at Proverbs 16 and 18, and you could run a word study on this. You could run a reference on this. I'm, I'm teaching some of that in Bible study, so you all really need to come to Bible study because I'm using commentaries and concordances and helping people know how to do that. So uh, we ran some references on that, and I didn't do that for you, but uh, that scripture, Proverbs, uh, you can uh, do a, a word study, uh, not a word study, but run a reference, that's what you call that, and uh, look at other scriptures that have to do with this scripture, and I'll, I'll show y'all how to do it if you come to Bible study on Wednesday. But anyway, one of the biggest downfalls in Christian's life is sin, the sin of pride. So it starts out small, as I said, and then we get bigger and bigger with that stuff. We keep on going with that stuff. And so it starts off small and we start, we get in denial. That's a word that some of the recovery folks use a lot. We get in denial about our wrongdoing and we get to the place where we're refusing to forgive. All of that goes along with pride. So a healthy Christian analyzes our heart on a regular basis. And so we know that scripture that says, Lord, search my heart. And then 1 John 1 and 9 says, if I confess my sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And you see, we say that when we were getting saved, we confess that. But honey, we need to keep on confessing that because we're going to keep on sinning. We don't want to. We don't. I'm getting real uh, subject with it. We don't want to, but we do. And we have to realize and learn how to say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. And you know, the Holy Spirit is the one that will help us remember that. The Holy Spirit will remind us when we get out of pocket. And we have to know the difference between truth and a lie because Satan will try to tell us a lie. Oh, don't tell nobody that. They'll think you out saved. Oh, don't do that. Uh, you know, you, you are right. And we get to feel that big-headed that, you know, we can't do no wrong. Honey, we do wrong every day. All of us, if you thought it. <laughs> you may not have said it, but you thought it. So we have to know that, you know. But when we fail to do the emotional and spiritual work needed to maintain our, our spiritual health, then pride can creep in real quick. It gets in real fast. And we get puffed up, and we so saved and holy and sanctified that you can't touch us. And then God can't use us because we all locked up in self. You know, we uh, we got a, 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 a marriage and family therapist among us, and uh, we become narcissists, spiritual narcissists, because we just everything is about us, and we can't do no wrong. So. Just like we care for our bodies with exercise and good nutrition, uh, we have to care for our hearts. I'm talking about the spiritual heart, but we do need to take care of the, 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 the physical heart. And sometimes we can do both at one time because a lot of us 
are distressed and uh, we have anger issues and all mm -hmm. kinds of stuff that mess with our physical heart as well as our spiritual heart. So we have to understand that. And we ask the Holy Spirit for his revelation. And he can point out the areas where you're spiritually out of shape. And so I had this pastor when I, before I left Tulsa, Oklahoma. His name was Billy Joe Doherty. And uh, he had a large ministry, and they met in the Navy Center at the Oral Roberts University. And this man was a graduate of Oral Roberts University, and uh, he had a wonderful teaching anointing. And so one night, one Wednesday night at service, he talked about the Holy Spirit, and he talked about the Holy Spirit showing us the truth. Because in the scripture, it says that he will guide us into all truth. The Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. Y'all need to learn that, that the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. And when you're in doubt about something, ask the Holy Spirit to show you the truth. Now, you may not like it when he shows it to you, but at least you'll know the truth. And the scripture says that if we know the truth, it will set us free and we'll be free from this pride business that the devil instills in us as soon as we're big enough to understand. And so uh, the Holy Spirit can point out the areas where we're spiritually out of shape. And uh, if we uh, uh, are humble and ask God for forgiveness, then we can maintain our spiritual health. And there's nothing wrong with asking God for forgiveness. The scripture in that book of James says that if we ask God for forgiveness, uh, I mean, he, if we ask for wisdom, he will give it to us liberally. But he also will forgive us liberally if we will ask him. And when we get wisdom, we are able to function better. So wisdom goes along with us understanding when we're in pride, when pride is taken over. And so we have to understand that. We have to understand that about pride. And so there was this minister who said, when I became a Christian at the age of 18, I woke up early to attend church, served wherever there was a need and enlisted the help of mature Christians so that I could grow in my spiritual walk. He said, as the years went by, however, the disappointments of unanswered prayer along with the hurt and betrayal of Christians <laughs> uh, letting me down, my spiritual zeal started to wane. Before I knew it, I dreaded attending church, refused to serve, and isolated myself from other Christians. And uh, I am a living witness that if you aren't careful, the devil will fool you of that. I, several times in my young life, uh, in uh, young adult life, because I've been a Christian technically since I was 10 years old, that's when I first accepted Christ, but I backslid in my teenage years because I got mad when I found out that the people who were supposed to be Christians were doing more bad stuff than I, and I'll say bad stuff, uh, it, may, it may not have been what you consider bad, but they were down at the dance hall with the, with the young people 
and uh, getting up on Sunday morning, tearing up the church. So I just decided, why do I need to do this? Because they they say they're doing the right thing, but they ain't doing the right thing. And so, you know, you get mad and run away. And I did that several times in my young adult life. But the last time I did it, and I hadn't been uh, connected and, and wasn't going to church, my daughter at eight years old went to church with my neighbor. And my neighbor, y'all have heard me tell this testimony. My neighbor came back and said, I hope you don't get upset. But Regina gave her life to the Lord this morning. <laughs> and I think about that now, and it brings tears to my eyes. It took my eight-year-old daughter to get me back connected with God. And look where I am today. Because you see, I had just got mad and went home. And so when we get disappointed and we think God's not answering our prayers, then we want to just back up and get mad and stay home. But, you know, then we need to try to figure out why is God not answering my prayers? Why is it that I'm not connected uh, as tight as I used to be? Because normally it's because we have become slack in our relationship with him. And so we have to always pay attention because the devil will try to get you away from God any way he can. He will tell you any kind of lie to get you away from God. So you have to be careful with that. And so uh, it's normal during a Christian's life to experience dry times and times when it seems like God is not hearing us, not answering us. But when we have a prolonged disconnection with God, it can cause someone to do a lot of things direction from him. And that's another problem. You know, we hear uh, people talk about, I had a, a lady tell me, she was a friend. Uh, uh, we were in uh, PTA together because I was a PTA president when my kids were in elementary school at Castagna uh, Elementary School in East Palo Alto. And she was in our on our board. But uh, when I came back from Tulsa, uh, she offered me a position. She had a, a house for veterans for men who had mental illness, and she offered me uh, to, to a, a position to stay in her house at night. I didn't have to, you know, uh, worry about a place to live or any of that, as long as I was in house with those uh, veterans that she had there at night. And because I have a nursing background. I really didn't have any fear of those men. They were all on medication. And so um, she uh, wanted to get real spiritual with me because by that time I was following my calling. And uh, she told me she believed in the golden rule. Well, that lady was doing some undercover stuff, really trying to mess herself up with the government because she was being paid by the federal government to take care of these men. And uh, she uh, was doing some stuff. She had no business, and I'm not going to talk about that. But then you tell me you believe in the golden rule. Well, I don't know if y'all ever seen one of them little golden books that children have. And it talked about the golden rule. But what she was trying to say is that she was following the Ten, com the Ten Commandments. 
But you see, we've been upgraded from the Ten Commandments. They're still in effect, don't get me wrong. But Jesus went to Calvary, and when he went to Calvary, there was such a thing as repentance and uh, forgiveness and all of that stuff that we see in the New Testament that we are taught to uh, when we are saved. She was telling me she believed in the golden rule, but it wasn't no Jesus in that. And and I know salvation either from all I could tell. So we have to be careful because we will uh, use God's name and it really ain't God because we haven't heard from God because we haven't been connected for a while. So then Satan can allow, it allows Satan to place lies and doubts in, in our minds and cause us to walk away from God because we are following another voice. And the scripture tells us in John that we have to follow the voice of the good shepherd and the voice of a stranger we will not follow. Well, how are you going to know God's voice if you don't know God's word? So we do have to understand that we need to study the word. We need to be taught the word. We need to get that word on the inside of us. Because if we do, the Holy Spirit will let us know every time we miss it. He'll let us know. Every time we veer off the road, he said, wait, 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 get back on there, get back on there. And so, but we have to have relationship. We have to be spending time with God and know what his word says in order to be obedient. And then there's that whole thing about false idols. And uh, the spirit of religion is something that we have to be careful about. So when people talk about religion or being religious, I tell them, I am not religious. I am spiritual. Because God is not religious, but he is a spirit. And we must worship him in spirit and in truth. So the spirit of religion, we can get into that. And it's difficult to detect, but it can cause havoc in our lives and if we don't deal with it. And we find ourselves, uh, you know, tearing others down, judging others by outward appearance, or becoming jealous of others' blessings. We may be living in the wrong kind of spirit. You see, and that jealousy is a whole nother sermon I need to do enviousness. That stuff reigns very high in the church community, and it ought not, but it does, and we must be careful that we don't succumb to that, and then judging others. Now, it's all right if you see see a brother in a fault, the scripture says, that you should uh, let him know that he's in a fault and then pray for him. That's what Brother James says. And I believe when we finish the book of Daniel, uh, I'm going to, if the Lord says the same, uh, go to the book of James. The book of James is a very direct book of the Bible. And he kind of, uh, it's like sandpaper rubbing on your weak spots. Uh, James was the brother of Jesus and so he walked with Jesus and his writings are very direct. He don't pull no punches about what you need to do and what you don't need 
to do. And so I think we're going to do that. But we must, uh, you know, understand that we are not the judge and jury, but we need to take folks to the Lord because, you know, we can test the fruit. We don't judge the fruit, but we can test the fruit. And we know what's right and what's wrong if we're really walking with the Lord. And the Holy Spirit will allow us to pray for those folks and even sometimes give them a little nudge about where they're missing it. And then if he calls us to teach and preach his word, we need to do that. If he calls us to witness, we need to witness to people. We need to do what God calls us to do, pray for people, all of that. But we have to watch out, you know, uh, the Apostle Paul said in the Corinthians, after I preach to others, I must be careful that I don't become a castaway. So those of us that preach to others, we have to watch our step because the enemy will come back and try to make us do wrong uh, to show us up. That's his motive. So we're talking about that this morning. So criticism and gossip can also result from a religious spirit. And some of us, we have to be careful, folks suck us into their mess. Uh, they gossip. Uh, we had a sister here at the house and say sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. I just loved her. But honey, she knew something about everybody in this, uh, this apartment building. And it's 71 apartment, 81, I think, apartments. And she knew all the scuttlebutt, all the stuff. And so I had to begin to protect my ears when I was with her. And she said, oh, Pastor Fraser, I just love to talk to you and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, Lord Jesus, can I help her stop talking so much? Because she talks too much about business. You know, it's not good to know a lot about other folks' business unless you're a counselor or, a, you know, a pastor or what have you. And then we don't tell everybody what we know about other folks' business. We pray with that person. We pray for that person. We don't air their... The Holy Spirit is not a gossip, y'all. The Holy Spirit will tell us stuff, but he only tells us stuff so we can pray about it, not so we can spread it everywhere. So we have to know that. And so we have to be careful with that. You know, if we're doing that, we're living in the wrong kind of spirit. We just have to ask God to help us. If we're criticizing, some people have a critical spirit and they never have a positive thing to say about anybody or anything except themselves. And then, you know, the gossip thing. The gossip thing is spreading that mess everywhere, you know, and giving everybody a drink of your Kool-Aid. I've been using that term. The Holy Spirit brought that to my uh, remembrance that Jim Jones, I don't know if all of y'all know about Jim Jones, but God had blessed that man to be a um, pastor in San Francisco, California, and he gave him favor with the, the higher-ups in San Francisco, the mayor and all of those folks. And then he had uh, favor with the governor, and he was getting housing. He had a lot of low-income people in his uh, church, and he was getting housing for them and all these things, just doing wonderful. And then the devil got into it. And blinded his eyes that he had so much power that he didn't need God no more. So then he made a decision to take his folks over to Guyana. And so he was going to take some with him 
and then the others were supposed to come behind him. And uh, people began to kind of get skittish about that because they didn't believe that God was telling them to do that. But they were afraid of him, unfortunately. And so some did go with him. And when they got over there, he just started what was like a, a prison camp. He, he had them all there, and they wanted to come back to San Francisco, many of them, and he wouldn't let them come. And then he went, uh, Jackie Spears, who is our state senator, one of our state uh, congresswomen, uh, and uh, she and another man by the name of Leo Ryan, who was a, a congressman at that time, and a airplane full went over there to investigate because the people were sending messages back to their family members that they wanted to come back home but they were afraid they were going to die over there in Diana. So then they went over there to see what was going on and the people were trying to get to them without him knowing and he had guards and everything. He was gone crazy by that time and of course he was using drugs later on found out but the devil was at work that's what was really happening because he had been doing such a good work in san francisco and the devil will always try to fool us he'll always try to get us back and so this man is over there and he got guards the folks scared to talk to anybody and then when jackie spears and leo ryan and the group tried to leave he tried to keep them there he killed Leo Ryan as he was trying to get on the airplane. And Jackie, they pulled him on the airplane, Leo Ryan. He died. And then Jackie Spears got shot in the shoulder. She just barely missed dying. And they got out of there. But what he did after they left, the officials left, is that he made everybody drink Kool-Aid with cyanide in it. He poisoned the whole bunch, everybody, including himself. Now, we don't know if it was an accident he killed himself or not, but they all drank that poison Kool-Aid. So that's where we get that statement about Kool-Aid, and God has been bringing that to my remembrance here later, lately that the devil would try to use people to get you to drink that poison Kool-Aid. And I'm saying that in a sense of giving you bad information or, uh, or, or doing things that are not of God. And uh, so but we have to understand that we have to follow the voice of God and not that of a stranger. So when we, you know, when criticism and gossip and that critical spirit gets involved, then it can lead to uh, a disjointed relationship with God, where we compare ourselves to others, and we keep scores on our spiritual accomplishments, and instead of doing them out of the grace-based and obedient relationship with Christ, we're doing them to be seen. There's some people who have a great need to be seen, and so everything they do for you, they want to announce to everybody, I do this, and I do that. And I, and I, and I, and it's the devil. Because if you do what you do as under God, you don't have to brag about it. You don't have to tell nobody what you did because God will give you uh, what you, the, 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 the accolades that you need. Because you're doing it unto God. And so God gets the glory. He's the one that you're doing it for. Not doing 
doing it for people to see you. You're doing it so God can get the glory. And we must understand that, you know, we always want him to get the glory because that's who uh, has blessed us to be able to do whatever we do. And I have a number, a great number, as a matter of fact, they had boxes, most of them, I don't even put them on the wall anymore, of uh, plaques and certificates. And I don't brag about those plaques and certificates because if it had not been for God, where would I be? I wouldn't have one certificate. I wouldn't have one plaque. And, you know, a brother prophesied to me one time when my classmates had a had a brother come in. He was a Rhema alumni, and he came in. I had never met that man before. And so he called me uh, to speak a word to me. And he said, you're going to have favor with the higher-ups in Samantha County and blah, 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 Washington, D.C. Oh, he went on. And I just stood there and smiled at him because